Speaking queerly. Hello, my name is Madam Joe Mama. And I am Rudy Thinsmith. And together we host Dumfries and Galloway's one and only LGBTQ plus podcast, Speaking Queerly. We absolutely do. We have had so much fun bringing you episodes of Speaking Queerly over the past few months. And we just want to continue bringing the same level of energy week on week. And we want to see Speaking Queerly grow and reach new heights uh, over the coming year. And to do that, we are going to need a little bit of assistance because we do want to see our show grow and reach new heights. To do that, we are looking for sponsors of Speaking Queerly. We absolutely are. If you are a business owner or uh, somebody who fancies yourself a bit of a patron in the local community, please do consider reaching out to us on social media. Uh, We would be delighted to work with you. We absolutely would. You can find us at speaking.queerly on Instagram and threads or speaking queerly with Madam Joan Rury on Facebook. Alternatively, you can reach out to Madam Joe underscore inquiries at outlook.com. Thanks. Thank you. Speaking queerly. Hello, you are listening to Speaking Queerly, the podcast. Dumfries and Galloway's one and only LGBTQ plus podcast. Thank you for listening um, and enjoying us and <laughs> letting us be inside your little ear holes. As always, I am joined by my wonderful co-host, Ruri Thinsmith. Hi, babe. Hi, gorgeous. How are you tonight? I am Stunita Bonita Brown. <laughs> are you I... doing all right? I am I'm doing all right. Maybe not quite that good, but mm. I'm doing quite all right. So tell the people, where can they find us? <laughs> you can find us online in all of the usual places. You've got us on Facebook, or you should have us on Facebook rather, uh, under Speaking Queerly with Madam Joe and Rudy, or you can also get us on Instagram and threads at speaking.queerly. Again, I am convinced that threads is dead. Um, <laughs> but we will continue hitting that horse with a stick um, until it falls over (laughs) because quite frankly (laughs) I don't think I've accessed the Speaking Queerly threads even my own threads in a while yeah I I think threads it's just a novelty at this point isn't it I'd say so I'd say (laughs) so well listen we are going to have a general chinwag this week we're going to keep this one nice short and sweet because we've been giving you the big hitting episodes we have we have so I think we'll keep this one nice and compact and just lovely we will (laughs) have a queer fact and we will have a read at reddit which is always just a joy and the (laughs) amount of people that have asked for another chat gpt poem corner (laughs) is ridiculous but we will get onto that and much more in just a moment You're listening to Speaking Queerly. So if you listened last week, we had the incredible DJ McDowell in the studio discussing her projects that she's worked on. Uh, It was such a pleasure to have her in the studio. Yeah, no, it absolutely was. I I mean, we talked about their work in terms of queer archiving and um, particularly uh, their work on the project to really bring to life the story of Dr. Flora Murray locally. So fascinating listening 
to DJ talk about Flora. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you, you can just tell that DJ's life for a while has just been Dr. Flora Murray. <laughs> yeah. It's incredible. And yeah. uh, she, she talks about Flora as if like they were fucking neighbors. <laughs> it's incredible. Um, this week we thought we, we would stay away from LGBT history month a little bit. Um, yeah. obviously everything we do here is fucking gay. Um, <laughs> So, you know, we can't completely stay away from her. But we thought we'd have a chin wag. We thought we'd have a catch up. Ruri, what's been happening? What's been happening? Absolutely. Hee-haw. Hee-haw. <laughs> that's actually Well, not really I'll true. tell you that's not true. Because <laughs> I caught up with you on Australia Day. Oh, God. Please don't. Please don't. I caught up with you on Australia Day, didn't I, darling? Jordan, you did, and that's just come back to me. I think so. Um, listen, here's here's. I'm gonna set the scene. Yeah, paint a picture for the people because <laughs> I'd went to La Dolce Vita for my dinner. It was Murray, my husband's treat, um, for my birthday, and it was lovely. We had a real time. And if you're asking, I had the bruschetta as a starter. Bruschetta. Um, <laughs> and I notice, just having a little peruse of my phone, that that whore over the table <laughs> is down the road at the bank. <laughs> and the bank, I'm not meaning like the fucking hole in the wall. I'm meaning like <laughs> the bank, the restaurant, a tapas restaurant that does really fucking fierce cocktails. Indeed. Fierce. Fierce. <laughs> well, you felt how fierce those cocktails were, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I did. I did, I. So I walk into... The, so me and Murray walk into the bank <clears throat> and I am greeted by Ruri and his sister <laughs> having an absolute scream talking about trauma. <laughs> now... Your sister normally is very... She's never reserved. She's a very confident person. Not that confident. No. I walk in. We're talking about trauma dumping. We're trauma dumping on each other. I'm like, oh my lord, what have I done? We were we were definitely... We, we had had a lot of spicy margaritas. And they were quite spicy. They were quite spicy, actually. And you know what's funny... Is <laughs> Ellie, my sister, the sister that I was with, we were both we were both leathered, let's be honest. <laughs> she <laughs> those spicy margaritas, she specifically requests them that level of spicy because she's evidently just got knee taste buds. Psycho. She's a nutter. <laughs> and everyone apparently all the bar staff were like, that's too spicy, that's too spicy, and she was like, more <laughs> So they were quite spicy. Um, they were now your other sister <laughs> the other sister works there so she was bloody the looks you were getting from her that evening Rudy. well if looks could kill <laughs> the bank would have fallen into the fiery pits of hell <laughs> well uh, the customer's always right because every time <laughs> Australia was brought up your sister would go it's Australia time oh god and I'm like <clears throat> Oh god, girl! We know it's Australia Day. You're shouting us at the at all the patrons. However. Were we actually that loud? You weren't. I wasn't. Oh, was oh, Ellie was loud. Ellie is often and loud. And then her boyfriend walks in. Oh god, and he's just like, <laughs> I'm not prepared. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know the end to that night. Um, 
Because all I got was a Snapchat. What was the Snapchat? Saying that you'd got yourself in a bit of a pickle. I was just absolutely leathered. I bet you were legless. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I remember singing the national anthem. The yes. Australian, the Australian national you anthem. Did. With my sister to you. Then um, I don't know when you left. I don't remember. We weren't long after. Like we had me and Murray had a drink each, and we d- and we went. All right, okay. So you because were we were going to the bingo. I met up with my pal Katie because we were meeting up to kind of to 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 some news and stuff like that. And then there was colleagues of mine in, and we went and sat with my <laughs> colleagues for a while, which was... Literally everyone at the council was out that night. It really was. It was like the council night but out. But payday was on the 15th. Oh, uh, well, I but suppose... But even still, that's 10 days later. Yeah, so it was... It's 11, 11. So they just, they fancied a night on the res. <laughs> Evidently we did. Um, and uh, so I went and sat with my colleagues for a while, and then, I, then, I, then my sister drove me home. Not that, sorry, to be clear, <laughs> not the sister who was leathered. The sister who was leathered put herself in a taxi. She had dinner reservation. She missed her dinner, had to put herself in a taxi and <laughs> away home. And then we called each other the next morning and both of us couldn't stop being sick. Well, <laughs> if you ever needed a public advertisement not to drink. Yeah, just don't do that. <laughs> you I've, actually, um, I've actually... Limited myself severely, and I have actually, to be honest, because quite often, if I go out and I get myself in some type of way, I'll come away and I'll say, "I'm not drinking again. I'm not drinking again." I'll go off the drink for a wee You've while. Done it a few times, and then it just it doesn't work. And do you know what it is? I um, it always starts out because I enjoy having a glass of wine with a dinner or whatever. I grew up next to a winery. Love that. Love her. So I enjoy the the culture of it, but then. See, being in like a wee town like Dumfries in the middle of <laughs> goodness knows where, you just... The closest you're getting to a vineyard here is a fucking crate full of buck fat. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, but you just, you you just, there's no really that much to do. So you'll, you'll go out and it doesn't, a glass of wine with dinner somehow mutates into just... The worst. Chucking back really acidic table wine. All the time. And it's not an enjoyable experience. I'm it's like, not. Oh, I need a Rennie's to get through the <laughs> night. Like, I just... Do you know what I mean? I've had enough of it. So I've realised now... I've not given up drinking. When I go out, I'll have... I'll maybe go to a thing. I'll have a couple of cocktails at a thing. I'll drink in the house. I'll drink when I'm out for a dinner, maybe. But I'm never... See, see the next time I'm in the dig. I'm having a orange and lemonade. That's my go-to. <laughs> I, well, somebody, I think it was Mo Love, actually, that ordered a fresh orange and lemonade. And I was like, what an idea! While I'm choking on a really bitter wine. <laughs> I was like, I wish I'd had a fresh orange and lemonade. Well, do you know what it is, right? Because I, I thoroughly enjoy the atmosphere of the doogie. So, like, going in and just having a fresh orange and lemonade for me is, is quite the experience. I, I enjoy myself. But do you know what it is? So, it's funny you bring that up because I've been going through my thing. So, I am not supposed to eat gluten. I I am just not supposed to eat it yeah. or, or consume it, right? Now, I firmly believe that you can't just stop something and forget about it. Yeah. You just can't. For me, instead of throwing back wine, I like <laughs> to throw back bread. <laughs> um, and, or, or, or anything that has gluten in it. God. Genuinely, like, you see, like, 
I go weak at the knees at the thought of a pizza. Uh, like, I've I've told Murray since the day I met him, the most romantic thing you can do for me is come through that door with the dominoes. See, I'd, 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 I can understand that. I can understand that. Yeah, absolutely. But here's the thing. So I, I've tried to be really good since the start of the year. And I've really tried. I have put in so much more effort than I have done. 2023 was a write-off. I was like, ha, ha, ha. It's okay. I'll just shit myself. Because <laughs> I've not got celiac disease. Yeah, yeah. I've not. <clears throat> it's like non-celiac gluten sensitivity is what they call it. Right. So instead instead of becoming like chronically ill, like a celi- someone with celiac would, I tend to have symptoms more similar to someone who has lactose intolerance who uh, yeah, ingests yeah, yeah. dairy. So I'll become very sleepy, have bowel and stomach issues. Um, I get very puffy skin. Mm. Anyway, it's great for when you're doing your makeup. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, so I've, I've really tried to stay away because it puts on a lot of weight and I feel really lethargic and gross. And I've said it time and time again, I don't give a toss about my weight. I am quite happy, like being whatever mm-hmm. as long as i can live a happy life I'm, I'm happy yeah and as long as my partner's happy which he is i'm happy but th- then you have to sort of like take a second and go hmm you are struggling to sleep you struggle to get out of bed once you do get to sleep you are <laughs> you have the runs every day mm. maybe it's time to claw it back a bit because when I tell you 2023, I must have stuck to that gluten-free life f- f- collectively for maybe two weeks, like yeah. out of a whole year. And it just, in hindsight, is just so reckless. Yeah. And it's just not nice because you just, uh, the thing that irks me the most is like having a meal. So let's say... I go to La Dolce Vita, an Italian restaurant where the vast majority of the things there contain gluten. If I go there and I have something to eat, I know the next day I'm not getting out of bed. Mm. Like that... Just heavy and... Heavy, yeah, yeah. lethargic, bloated, gross. The acid reflux, Rory. Yes. Oh, oh it's awful. It's, it, it, it's, it gets you in your late 20s. It sneaks up on you like a cunt in the night and it gets <laughs> you i am horrified it hasn't sneaked up on me at all it's kicked my ass i got up last night for a rennies well no don't. one o'clock in the morning i crawled out of my bed for a rennies i can i can that's become a regular occurrence for me there was a night i was in the duke and i had to go and beg at the counter and i was like has anybody got a tums <laughs> because <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just can't handle it anymore. It's so bad. It's awful. It's so, so bad. But do you know what? I've been really good. I have been. Like, this year, I've really tried to stick to it. I've felt a difference. I'm seeing differences. Mm-hmm. Last night's an exception. And so, so, this is, <laughs> so this is Tuesday the 6th of February. And last night, like, I looked at Murray and he looked at me and neither of us could be fucked cooking. And there are gluten-free options. I cannot sit here and tell you there are not gluten-free options because that's mm. a lie. But I fair fancied a pizza crunch from the chip. <laughs> have you ever had a pizza crunch? Um, no, I haven't. Get that sorted right now. Right, okay, I'll have Deep, to. Deep, fat, 
fried <laughs> pizza in batter. Oh no. no. Do not judge me. Right. Do not no, no, don't no. judge the food okay. because I'm telling you now it's a culinary adventure. Right, okay. I'll trust it. It's salty, it's vinegary, Ooh. it's pizza, but it's batter? Okay. It's like it's just right. It if you if you like a good textural experience with your food. <laughs> yeah. This is the one. Okay. And I'll tell you, Palmerston Cafe get their fair share of pizza crunches given to me. Because <laughs> they're fucking outstanding. And last night I was like, I just, I can't be fucked cooking. And there's mm-hmm. an itch that I need to scratch right now. And that itch is in the shape of a half pizza crunch from the <laughs> Palmy Cafe. <laughs> and it was delicious. We do love the Palmy Cafe. And I woke up at one o'clock gasping on a Rennie's. No, I, I, I know what you mean. So... Mine sounds a little bit more sinister and tragic, my reflux story. But I um, I know, I actually think I might have plenty cured. I need to go to the doctor. Because <laughs> I went to... The, uh, when it, w- during the first lockdown, obviously everyone was drinking a lot. Um, so I was I was polishing off a Prosecco Easy. and then, do you know what I mean? Like fucking hoofing it down to the store, grabbing myself a Prosecco. And, and not the same day, sometimes the same day. Um... I was having plenty of Prosecco anyway, shall we say. Yes. You had nothing else to do, innit? And then um, we kinda, I kind of got to a point where there was like one week in particular where I was bored off my tum sheet. No one was playing games with me on bloody house party or whatever the apps were at the time. <gasps> Everybody, <gasps> You was... just unlocked a fucking core <laughs> memory. <laughs> right? Lockdown, uh, lockdown trauma. I was terribly bored. I was in my feels for this week and I just, I really must have just absolutely kicked the arse out of it. And I came out the other side of the week and I was like, I've I've really overdone it. I've drank altogether too much this week. And I started to, I was like, oh, my chest. (laughs) I'm full of acid and bile. I was like, oh God. So I thought I'll have to give myself a break. So I didn't drink for ages and ages and ages. And I thought that'll go away. That'll settle down. I've just had too much acidic wine. It's never went away. No. I've since then I've had a problem with um reflux if I eat too much Could bread or too too Well, I don't think it's that. I don't I think it's maybe like gourd, because my dad has gourd and he got that in his late twenties, so I think it's maybe just a coincidence. But I've got this I've I've always got a cough. Mm-hmm. And I'm always I've always had a really bad constitution, a really bad gag reflex. I'm sick all the bloody time. And sometimes it's like a I could just be sick. I've witnessed this. Actually, you have. Just for no reason, nothing in me, no no wine, no, absolutely nothing that would cause it to happen. I'm like, oh, I just need a wee, a wee vom. <laughs> I, just, I just need a tactical Just a wee vom. Yeah. Do you know what? Fair. Absolutely fair. I think, I, I, to be honest, like you see when I, when I switched back to that GF life. Yeah. The, the reflux I had from switching back was insufferable. Yeah. Insufferable. Like, it was the worst acid reflux I've ever had. I've had spells here and there, like, mm-hmm. throughout my life. That was horrific. Mm. And since, like, maybe the third day of getting back into the diet, it has largely gone away. But what I have noticed is when I do indulge and I do have something I'm not supposed to, I will have acid reflux that night. Yeah. The next day, gone. Yeah. And that's like, that's such a blessing. Yeah. 
<coughs> I'm blessed. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, it's 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 a strange one. Have you been to see the doctor about it? No, well, I mean, if you try getting an appointment to see a doctor at Lockhaven <laughs> practice, um, you'd understand why I haven't. True. So uh, absolutely true. <laughs> calling them out for that. Look, maybe in surgery, do better. I don't think that's the last time I've said this on this show either. No, the it's not. The first time, Eva. I think I've said it before. Yeah. But you know what? Nonetheless, um, I had something I was going to talk to you about, and I have completely lost it. <laughs> so it must have been shite. Must have what been. What I will tell you, though, is I have a brand. Madam Joe is a brand. Indeed, she is. When you think of Madam Joe, what do you, th- what do you see? If you're visually looking at, pretend I'm in drag right now, you're looking mm-hmm. at Madam Joe, what do you see? In what way? Like in terms of like, what do you notice first or like? I'm going to give you a hint. Oh, wait, it's, are we? It's it's my hair. Well, no, that's so, okay. So that's so true because that's what I was going to say. But obviously like I've seen different iterations of like Madam Joe wigs, but I see you with like a sort of a slick. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? The straight number. You're straight. You're straight. I'm straight. Your <laughs> well, your wig's straight. My wig is straight. So that's what I was getting to. Yeah. Like I, I don't change my hair, and when I do, it's very rare that yeah. I actually change it. And when I do change it, it's rare that it's the color as well. Mm-hmm. Anyway, blonde bombshell with big t- with a fat ass and lovely titties. <laughs> yes. as we have discussed. We know years. her <laughs> now. The wig that I have worn for the past fourteen months. As of today, Tuesday the 6th of February, has gone into retirement. Oh, bless her. She has been snatched one too many times. <laughs> and today, Madam Jo went human, baby. Is this your first human hair unit? This you- is my first human hair unit. <gasps> and when I tell you, it is almost identical to that fucking wig. <laughs> <laughs> It's almost identical. Colour, cut, everything. I've even parted it in the same place. We love that, though. I mean, like, I think I think there's something for that, though, because I think it really does suit you. That's a look that really does. See, when queens are like, oh, no, I don't wear flat hair. Flat hair doesn't belong on drag queens. Fuck yourself. Yeah. It suits me. It does. Like, I've tried big hair. I've tried different coloured hair. I just don't like it and i think as a creative person as an artist you've got to be satisfied with the product you're putting out yourself yeah absolutely so you know for me i just can't do a big updo it's not for me mm-hmm. a flat updo like i've had ponytails and stuff before they've looked fine yeah i was I've gonna say fine with i've those. seen you set a ponytail really well but do you know the problem with ponytails they're really hard to upkeep especially yeah. if you don't know how to style which i don't <laughs> um <laughs> Saying that, though, the reason I went human this time is because I can style it. So Uh styling synthetic hair, famously, is an absolute bitch. Yeah. So it's like, you have to have a steamer. Oh, Christ. You have to know how to use rollers. You have to tease everything. Absolute fuck. I just wasn't for it. Uh Uh-huh. I've tried it. I tried all of it. I always tried styling. I imagine you'd have... Fuck all margin for error, teasing a synthetic wig as well. Fuck all margin for error. Jesus. And I've tried it. I've ruined plenty of wig okay. no. with a teasing comb. <laughs> Let me tell you. That's but <laughs> the reason I went human this time is, one, it's way more comfortable when I'm performing. Mm-hmm. Because imagine I'm wearing pads, I'm wearing fake titties, I've got a skin tight outfit on, then I've got plastic hair on top of my head. Yeah. Oh. In Chancer's nightclub. Yeah. 
It's uncomfortable. It's fucking warm. Is there more kind of breathing? It's so much more breathable. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And it's so much lighter. Oh my Is god! I put it on my head and I was like, Jesus Christ! <laughs> I, I feel like I could take on the world wearing that wig. Quite honestly, oh, we love that. And I don't have to worry about the wig like becoming unstyled throughout the night because if it comes unstyled, I literally just have to, like, I would if I had a full head of hair right now, mm-hmm. run my fingers through it and it's fixed. Yeah. Like, it's so much better. And I got all the little tools. I got a curling wand. Uh I got a hot comb. Ooh. And from the days when Murray used to straighten his hair, and I used to have some, (laughs) I've got hair straighteners at home already. Uh I got a wax stick, because, you know, human hair wigs can't create their own natural oils. I see. So So you use, like, a wax stick for styling and stuff. Yeah. And I got some heat protectant. Well, I've had a rare afternoon. I must tell you, I met my mother for a coffee. <laughs> Love that. And a toasty at Tarf Valley. Not a place I'd normally go to, but I went because apparently they'd done loads of gluten-free stuff. Well, let me tell you, there was plenty of gluten-free stuff, so I was very happy. Love I had that. a toasty. Um, and a really nice salad. I used to go for a wee Tarf Valley lunch with my papa. We should go for a Tarf Valley. We should go for a Tarf Valley lunch. <sighs> Let's buy some horse gear and just <laughs> sit. Um, <laughs> Horse girls. <laughs> Horse girls. Um, but, but, you know, that, that's why I went. No, I went home and I just played with this wig. I, I just played with her. I love her. She's, I'm excited for... I, well, you'll see her on Friday. I know. I can't wait to meet her on Friday. Friday. So, right. So this will have happened last, last week. Friday. I, yeah. Yeah. Last week when you're listening to this. But for us in the present... It's my first ever one woman show on Friday. How are we feeling about it? Interesting. Interesting. I, I feel interesting. Well, you are interesting. Yeah. Which is why. But do, do you know what it is? It's like, it feels like it should be much higher pressure than what it is. But I, I'm not feeling pressure at the moment. Mm. But the problem I'm having is I've not been able to focus on it at all this week yet. So by the time I so I work my part time job at, at the Starbucks, um, I'm in there every day up until Friday, and I'm off on Friday, and I feel like on Friday I'll be like shit, yeah, oh fuck, crap, and it'll be that's when it'll become like a big deal, but I've I've had the show planned out for months, uh-huh. like literal months, like before I'd announced it, it was planned, yeah. Pardon. <laughs> Jeepers. <laughs> Pardon. Um, <laughs> nothing's cut on this show, let me tell you. Um, but I feel like, you know, like when I started writing, I, I, I wanted to, I, I knew the anecdotes I wanted to tell. And when I tell you, and this is like for anyone who came to the show and saw it, and they were like, well, why didn't Madam Jo tell this story about me? It's because there's so many fucking stories. Because the, the premise of the show is there's an anecdote and a song to go with it. Right, okay. So, like, for example, my childhood. What did I fucking love in my childhood? S Club 7, bitch. <laughs> and it's a story about me reconnecting with my childhood as an adult during my mental health crisis. <laughs> and, and how it helped me through that and reconnecting with my inner child and doing that through music and it just so happened to be uh, a fucking 90s pop group that you know saved the day um, 
but you know like and then i'll sing an s club seven song that's how it's going to be but everything's really stripped back so it's not full on backing tracks in your face yeah they're they're very stripped back and and there's only a few layers left yeah so it's a lot more personal it's a lot more intimate yeah it's like which is exciting yeah which is why i called it pluck me softly Uh uh-huh but another reason i called it pluck me softly is because I'm, i'm bringing out claire the guitar we love this. I never had a name for that guitar, you know. Yeah, I know. I was kind of Not like... Not until recently, but I've named her after Claire from Steps. I, I love that. Yeah. I love that. So, I'm excited for that aspect of it because I think that's something that's very, like, personal, I think. It's extremely like, personal because before drag, my creative outlet was music. Yeah. So to be able to take out Claire and sit and play a couple of songs because it is only a couple of songs i'm not doing the whole thing with my guitar because the calluses on my the end of my finger are not as hard as what they once were (laughs) fucking hearts um but it's crazy how quickly because i went and got the guitar from my spare room because that's where claire lived Mm -hmm. and i went and got her and it's surprising how quickly you can just pick that thing up again just start going Mm -hmm. it's like riding a bike yeah um so that was nice and i i, I really I, I have enjoyed this experience because it allowed me to reflect a lot but like there's so many stories i've not included that i just like i want to include them so we'll look at future projects pluck me softly over the kitchen counter <laughs> you know <laughs> but i'll tell you the best thing about this show yeah is the way i've been able to play with the name of the show online yeah and, and and use it as like an innuendo sort of slash double entendre, like in the email I sent to all the the ticket holders. It's like pluck me, we're only one <laughs> week away, and things like that. Like it's just yeah. silly little things. That's been so much fun. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's coming around fast, and it's about to hit everyone right in the plucking buzz. <laughs> but I. I I am really looking forward to it, and obviously you have um, purchased your tickets. I have indeed purchased my tickets, and uh, you know, for 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 y'all listening, um, it will already have happened, and I know mm. that I will have been absolutely tantalized by it. Well, we'll be getting the review from you. Absolutely, we will be. It's it's not a suggestion; it's happening. Oh, okay. Love uh, that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I would uh, feedback's going to be so important for this because it's like with a one woman show, you can do so much with it. Mm-hmm. You can take it to smaller venues. You can tour it around. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I I can see it. I can see it being really moving and emotional. I mean, um, I, I when we went to um, Divine Show, Passion Project, that was. No, not that I was surprised that it was as as emotional. I fully expected it to be an emotional production, but I, it really got you, you know, in a way that it was like, oh, damn. <laughs> um, it, and that was literally like the day before we flew to Athens yes, as well. it was. So yeah. we, we were heading, like, we get to the airport and you're talking to Dylan about passion projects. Cause it's <laughs> literally the next day. Yeah. And when you're just like, I was so sad at this bit. And it was so nice at this bit. This was funny. Yeah. And you, you gave Dylan a big head before we went on holiday. Let's just say that. Uh, divine. 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 Yeah, yeah, divine. Yeah. Divine. Dylan um, <laughs> <laughs> the amount of times uh, like Jordan's been said on this show and now I'm just like eh. <laughs> I'm not fucking Hannah Montana bitch it isn't a secret <laughs> oh my god I do get the best of both worlds 
I actually, I've never made that sort of um, association between drag Adam is Hannah Montana, Jordan and, and Hannah, Hannah Montana. Montana is drag. Hannah Montana, I absolutely am obsessed with that for you. Absolutely. Um, right, we're going to take a quick break and then when we come back, queer fact. Yes. Yes. Welcome back to Speaking Queerly. Now, Ruri came up with a really interesting little thing <laughs> during our little break there. It's sheer laziness, really. <laughs> Tell the people. Tell the people. Well, let's <laughs> let's have a let's have a, a heart to heart, you and me. Um, we a few shows ago were having a Burns Night special. <laughs> we <laughs> unmasked ourselves as dirty, dirty users of ChatGPT. We did. Um, and we had an absolutely feral whale of a time doing ChatGPT poetry. We did. Um, Joanna Levin at Joanna Levin uh, had a, a excellent time, I think, <laughs> <laughs> and even had a bash at herself at home. Um, we thought that instead of going to the bloody hassle and all the fucking effort of pulling together a queer fact, because frankly, I've run out of source material, babies. We should just ask ChatGPT, what is a queer fact? Yeah. And let the chips fall where they may. And Give we, us a queer fact, lady. We will tell you exactly what ChatGPT has to say about that. Do you want a jingle for it? <laughs> Let's. kind of feel shallow giving you a jingle for this now <laughs> i know it's lost all its meaning isn't it because it's not actually true all right here we go we're asking chat gpt what is a random and interesting fact about the lgbtq community i'm ready so am i my fingers are uh, slow at typing your thumb okay my thumb yes <laughs> one hand typing for the masses <laughs> and oh, one hand clutching this microphone for dear life what else can you do with one <laughs> hand <laughs> okay she has spoken a random and interesting fact about the lgbtq plus community is that the rainbow flag, often seen as a symbol of LGBTQ plus pride and solidarity, was originally designed with eight colours, each representing a different aspect of the community, but it was later reduced to six colours due to practical reasons. That was... Ah, that was... I... Do you know what? They call it artificial intelligence. I think they should call it artificial fucking cocktees because what was that that mm. was so vague that was missing all the details incredibly vague yeah why what were the colors <laughs> due to practical reasons i which reasons you f- fucking toaster well that was that was um that <laughs> should we ever read it read it i think we absolutely should yes, okay please. here's my jingle Okay, so we have a Reddit story. 
And this one comes from the subreddit Am I the Asshole, which is my personal favourite <laughs> subreddit. Um, and this one was posted 19 days ago from the time of recording by Reddit user hyphen I need help hyphen hyphen. Love that. <laughs> okay. So the title is Am I the Asshole for Telling My Husband Our Son Was Gay? Mm-hmm. Oh dear. It goes, I, 32F, caught my son, 15 male, cuddling with his friend, 15 male, while they were sleeping in their room. I decided not to wake them up and I discussed it with my husband, 34 male, and the possibility that our son might be gay came up. While I initially agreed with my husband's suggestion to approach our son when when his friend leaves, I later decided that we should just wait until our son was comfortable sharing this with us. My husband argued, saying, what if he never tells us he's gay? I told my husband that if he doesn't tell us he's gay, then he's probably not. I told him that we should just let our son know that we'll love him regardless and leave it at that. However, my husband went against our agreement and questioned our son about his sexual orientation while I was driving my son's friend home. When I returned home, I discovered my son in tears, yelling and accusing me of outing him. I was confused and told my son that I didn't know what he was talking about. My son told me he was crying that his father revealed what I saw and basically coerced him into coming out before he was ready. My son asked me why I would... Sorry, there are a lot of spelling errors in this. (laughs) A lot of grammatical errors. I'll try my best. And on top of that, I am illiterate. (laughs) My son asked me why I would tell his father and why would I enter his room without his permission. I started crying and told my son that I was sorry and that I loved him and accept him no matter what. My son remained distant and now refusing to speak to me or his father. Mm. When I confronted my husband, I told him that I was angry that he threw me under the bus. He claimed he didn't mean any harm, only shared what I mentioned to our son, hoping it'll make him comfortable about coming out to us. Despite his pleas for forgiveness, I can't help but feel anger towards him, knowing my son is now feeling hatred for me of something that I actively tried to prevent. My husband argues that blaming him for our son's emotions is unfair and told me our son is only going through an emotional phase that will pass. Despite him begging for my son and my forgiveness, yeah, telling us that he meant no harm, I'm torn between forgiving him because I blame him for causing our son to be angry with me. Mm. ETA? I don't know what ETA means. Probably some sort of update. Mm, I guess, yeah. Anyway, yeah. but that's that's um What does that mean? What? ETA. Well, to me that means estimated time of arrival. Yeah, same. I'm like, what? Okay, right, okay. We'll come back to that because it's extra information. Okay. But that's a very loaded Am I the asshole? I think we need to start with Is she the asshole? Well, I, d- I, d- I don't know how you feel. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. Yeah. No. I, there, there are a couple of things that bother me about that a lot. Actually, the whole thing bothers me. Um, one, the son taking out 
his aggression on the mum feels to me and like okay like not to like throw this 15 year old boy under the bus like he's obviously going through it but that feels ever so slightly misogynistic because his dad is the one that confronted him about it realistically his mum came into his room he's 15 years old like your mum is going to come into your room when you're 15 years old you can't be like respect my privacy like shut up shut up and do your homework I'm sick of it secondly his mum naturally had a conversation with her partner about what she experienced because they were discussing his parents like what yes. their strategy is going to be to best support him the dad betrayed her trust by approaching the son in the first instance to have a conversation about it and then the son goes do lally tap at the mall for having a conversation with her partner in the first place i mean that to me yikes little boy yeah 100 percent I think it's it's quite mental to read it because, like, I think about what I would do in that situation if I found one of my children in a situation like that. Yeah. What's the first thing I would do? Well, I wouldn't fucking keep it to myself. I'd go and speak to my husband. I'd, I'd try and figure it out together as a, as a unit what the best approach is and, and how we, we come up with a solution. I don't think she's the asshole at all no um i do think the dad's a bit of an asshole yeah absolutely uh, he... for, for going against what the mother thinks was the best yeah and not coming to that decision mutually like they were torn on what to do and until they decided together what the best cause of action was yeah, she he shouldn't have done that. Like, not at all. Yeah. But the son is equally an asshole mm-hmm. for berating his parents. Like, they weren't coming down on him and telling him that it wasn't okay. They were. They were yeah. just asking, "Babe, are you gay?" Absolutely. Do you know? And this, um, this, this might kind of feel a little bit controversial, but this I think is possibly a generational thing that I think is really important to raise. There's like a kind of, yeah, it's so important that people feel that they get to come out on their terms. Yes. And at their own pace and, you know, at their own time. But there are so many queer people who over the ages have been accidentally outed or kind of, you know, Mm -hmm. ended up in situations. And your own behavior sometimes has a lot to to play in that. If you're going to be having somebody that you're, you know, romantically involved with to some degree you know platonically whatever um you know over and and you guys are cuddling in your fucking bedroom asleep and your parents find you well you weren't especially discreet not discreet in the slightest you know so so you don't actually get to have the privilege of demanding that your parents just erase that experience from their memory. Now, it would be a different case, like you said, if they went and they had an issue with that and they were kind of grilling him for it or making him feel uncomfortable or some type of way. But if they're just literally pointing out that that's what they experienced and they want to get to know how he's feeling, you can't hold your your parents to that level of... Um, you can't drive them over the coals for that. I, I think that's really super entitled... And I get get where that's coming from. I totally get that line of inquiry, like everyone should come out on their own terms. But I sometimes think that maybe young people who grew up in a different world with a different media kind of attitude towards, you know, I'm not talking trans people here, but specifically like cisgender gays. Sometimes I think misinterpret and misunderstand what that means. Yeah, no, 100%. 
a hundred percent. And it's it's an interesting one. Um, just going back to this ETA thing, trying to figure out what that <laughs> fucking means. Um, extra information, maybe sort of thing. Um, this is talking. About, okay, so I'll, I'll just read what she said. Okay. I entered my son's room because I was doing laundry and planning on washing my son's clothes. I did knock to see if they were awake and waited for a response. And when I got no response, I entered. I only usually do this when I plan on washing clothes, as I like to do it early in the morning. I've been doing this since my son was 12, and he told me he didn't mind it because he would wake up with clean clothes. When I saw my son and his friend cuddling, I immediately walked out of his room and shut the door. I was thinking straight. I was... I think she meant to say wasn't. Mm. I wasn't thinking straight and I should have waited for his friend to leave. Sorry for not mentioning this before. I'd, th- the fact that there's like a point of clarification around that is weird to me. It's like, okay, so you're you're a mother to a it literal minor. Me, I've, <laughs> I've not scrolled through the comments yet, but to me it sounds like people have berated her for entering the son's room at all. Yeah, I find that really weird. Um, <laughs> that like, could be a generational thing for us, so like for yeah. us, I mean, I hated it when my parents came in my room. Yeah, no, totally. Like so did I. Like I mean, that's why I seeked independence. But also, I think really like, early. You know, like if you no, so did I. Like absolutely, I, I absolutely hate it, and and t- you know, even today, like because um, my parents are staying with me at the moment, like knock. But if 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 they knock and there's like no response, do you know what I mean? It's a different thing, I think, if you're an adult or maybe like over 16 or something like that, I get that maybe there's like a kind of weird hinterland there where he's like, child's 15. Like, you knock, there's no answer, they're asleep. Okay, I'm going to stick my head in and see if there's any fucking laundry or like, are, are they breathing? <laughs> like, people check on their children. <laughs> like, what's she supposed to do? Like, oh, he hasn't been seen for three days, but I don't want to go in his room. Oh, he's fucking fallen and he couldn't get up. Like, do, do you know what I mean? That, that, yeah, I get you. I get you. I but, 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 but I suppose, but, you know, I think she's just trying to, you know, justify to the people that think it may have been... Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, ...a boundary overstepped. But I, I personally don't think a boundary was overstepped here. But mm. at the same time, she did know there was a friend over. Yeah. So it's kind of like... Do you interrupt when friends are over and and barge into the room? Well, not barge, because she didn't barge, but Mm. do you enter a room when a friend is over? I don't know. I mean, I suppose there's a a, a grey area there, but I I guess, like, if you knock and there's no response, you can open the door of the room because, like, what if they snuck out? Yeah. Yeah, like, what if they climbed out the window and ran away? I mean, like, I, I think that there's too many variables to say. Far too many. Far too many, but what I, I suppose what I'm getting at here is she's not the asshole. No, not at all. She's far from it, and if you think she's the asshole and you think we're completely wrong, <laughs> let us know because this is a democracy, goddammit. <laughs> um, but I think with that, I did say this was going to be a compact episode, but we're still sitting on 45 minutes. <laughs> 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 but I think we're going to wrap things up and get on out of here. Um, Thank you to the Stove Network once again for allowing us to use their space and their wonderful, gorgeous equipment. Um, and thank you to my wonderful co-host, Ruri. 
You're so welcome. I am. And <laughs> to you listening at home, uh, we will be back next Thursday with another wonderful installment of Speaking Queerly. My name has been Madam Jo Mama. And please tell your cat I said pss, pss, pss. Thank you.